to the ground. Now let's go. Pressure coming, pressure coming. And he's sacked to get to the four-yard line. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Another sack by Shaq Barrett. He's got three today. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Caught! Touchdown! Tampa Bay! Oh, Jay Howard! Fire them cannons! What a play! Now you're Host Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Casey Phillips, and I'm joined by tight end OJ Howard. OJ, thanks for being with me. Hey, how you doing, Casey? Thank you for um, allowing me to come on today. Oh, of course, of course, sir. Doing great, and uh, even better after a win. That is always when we love these radio shows even more. You get to be one of the people to come on and talk about a win. It was great. Um, and I, I just want to hear, first of all, the idea of a home game without fans. What was that like? And as you were in there and, and experiencing it, I mean, they introduced you guys. You still ran out of the smoke. Just what was that like to be in a home game with no fans? Yeah, um, you know, I thought it was going to kind of be, uh, you know, a little uh, different than what it was. But, you know, I think New Orleans kind of warmed us up a little bit with, you know, at, at first I was expecting to be real loud uh, crowd noise. Um, that really wasn't the case yesterday. Um, during our TV timeouts, we had like music playing. So we kind of had the little juice flowing. So it was a lot more um, uh, entertaining and fun than I thought it would be. That's good. Yeah, you mentioned, I know you, you talked about after the New Orleans game, um, you guys having to bring some of your own juice, which of course you're, you would be the expert on that, obviously. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, did you feel like you guys were able to do that? Did you essentially learn from that first game and what it's like to not play with fans to feel more prepared the second time around? Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I think that was a warm-up for us. And, you know, with us knowing how it was going to be, um, you know, we kind of started pregame. You know, we got out there in the middle of the field. Everybody uh, knew we had to bring the energy. We needed our own energy. It's going to just be us. Um, so um, it, it was fun. We learned from it. And I think we should just take this every other game until fans come back. And what does that first win do for you guys? I mean, I know that every game essentially, you know, matters the same amount. But I have to imagine that, you know, when you started 0-1, that – does it kind of heighten the the pressure a little bit to, to get that first win off the board? Yeah, you know, you never want to, you know, you, you lose one, it's part of the NFL, but you can't lose two in a row. you got to get the next one. Um, it just puts the more emphasis on that one. Um, so I think we did a really good job of coming out and, you know, just kept playing hard and just finally getting the first W. Um, I think once they get going and you, you finally see them on the win column, it just stacks them up. Yeah, and I mean, this this Panthers team, you know, it's it's so interesting. You get used to playing your your division opponents. You you tend to know who they are, know what to expect, um, which is kind of helpful, especially in a year like this when there's less game foam. There weren't preseason games. There's just so much up in the air. But man, this Panthers team, I bet it didn't feel at all like a division game. You don't know anything about this group. How challenging was that for you personally to prepare for a team that looked so different? Um, it, it was totally different. Um, I think um, it ended up being a lot less challenging because we all communicated and that was going to be a big uh, point for us this week. And we did a great job of it, um, you know, because they have certain guys wearing different numbers that are playing linebacker. Like you got guys wearing 21 playing linebacker. So that was different. And uh, once you kind of, you know, communicate and point the, the mic point and get the chance to see what every guy is, uh, it made it a lot more uh, easy for us this week. And what did you learn about their defense overall? And, and now knowing you will still have to play them again, what are some of the biggest takeaways going from not knowing what to expect to now having played a whole game against them? What's what's their defense like under this new coaching staff and with a lot of new people back there? Yeah, they they run a lot of that three three stack, and you know a lot of uh, a lot of times you see that in college. 
So it's really different to see the NFL and, you know, they are who they are. They don't do a lot of uh, crazy things, exotic looks. They, they're going to give you the true covers that they're usually going to run. Um, so that kind of makes it a lot easier. Um, I don't know if it'll change by the time we play them again during the year, but um, as of now, we kind of got a good, uh, I got a good eye for how they're going to play us. Yeah, that's an interesting concept of playing against basically a coaching staff that's, you know, all college. And it's funny to hear that you essentially could tell that, that it felt like playing a college team again, but at an NFL level was was that kind of interesting and, and different compared to normal games to to see the college influence there yeah it was you know because a lot of times you see like you know uh when a new coaching staff come from college to nfl they kind of adjusted the league um but they took what they know and i guess you know i don't know if it's because they didn't have a lot of otas or you know what it was but they stuck with what they were usually ran at baylor um so it was kind of different to see that a lot of teams are gonna have to prepare for it but i think once you get the hang of it and kind of learn what they're doing and see what they're doing you can take care of them pretty, pretty good. And what are the challenges of being up by so much? I mean, of course, that's a wonderful thing. You'd love to be up 21 nothing at half every game, I'm sure. Um, but it does kind of come with its own challenges. As you already were talking about the need to bring your own juice when there's not a lot of fans in the stadium, that's a whole other level of, you know, making sure that you keep that energy level up. So what, what were the challenges of that knowing at halftime that there's just no lead that you can really truly relax in the NFL with? Yeah, that's very true. I think in the NFL, you know, a lot like the game is never over to hit zero because teams that play from behind, now they have a chance to do more things. Like they're behind, they got nothing to lose. They're going to take more shots. They're going to do more things to get back in the game. So um, you're going to get everything they got. And when you're up, you know, 10 to sometimes you could try to, you can kind of get a little too conservative, but um, you always got to keep your foot on the gas. And, you know, because you look up, next thing you know, you got two minutes ago, it's a seven-point ball game or, or a ten-point, whatever it may be. So you can never get too relaxed in the NFL because when Tula hits zero, that game's not out of hand. We're talking to tight end OJ Howard. And and for you, what was that like mentally when you saw that, that you're up 21 nothing, and then they score and then they score again? What goes through your mind in those times, especially as an offense, you know, to, to see that lead dwindling a little bit? What, what's the mindset there? Yeah, I think the whole mindset goes into we have to score now. It, it makes it more important. It already is important, but it just makes it more important because now, you know, you start to see, like, here's the narrative. Okay, it's the NFL. It's happening to us. The guys are coming back. Like, let's let's stop this before it happens. So it kind of makes you go out and say, all right, we got to get something on the board, whether it's three or seven or whatever. So um, it, it just makes it more important to just score that, that next upcoming drive because you can kind of see the ball flipping over in their favor. And Leonard Fournette, you know, big performance for him. First time he was really a, a bigger part of the offense for you guys. Couple touchdowns, over 100 yards. Uh, what's it been like seeing what he can bring to this team, and, and how quickly he's had to adjust? Yeah, you know, it's really been very uh, interesting for him, and you know, it's been uh, very good to see like him picking up the offense and just being, you know, a, a very big factor so early, you know, in the season. You know, the guy's been here like maybe a week and a half, two weeks now, so. Uh, to see him do that and contribute in a really, really big way was was huge for us. Um, we all know um, that he's a great player. He's a thousand yard rusher last year. I mean, this guy, you know, he has a lot of juice. So, um, you know, it was just good to see, and I'm glad we got a chance to get him going. Yeah, and, and then Rojo also getting a touchdown run. Shady getting five catches. You know, for you, what's it been like to watch the talent in this running back room, and how excited does that make you? You know, when you are going to be a part of it, you know, when you're called to block sometimes. You know, does that get you even more amped up to be part of the running game? Yeah, it does. You know, we got some guys that all we have to do is just get on there and, and cover our guys up. We don't have to do anything exotic, pancaking guys ever play. Just cover them up, give these guys a chance to make some cuts and hit the hole and run. 
And uh, when you have backs that are that good, they make your job easier blocking up front. Have you ever pancaked someone? This now makes me curious now that you said that. Yeah. My yeah. first NFL my first NFL game, yeah, we were playing the Bears, so I pancaked uh, Danny Trevathan. I love how much you remember every little bit of it that that's I love that even for you you've scored touchdowns you've done all these other things that I can tell that pancake block that meant something to you yeah it was a big man big man I got (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's not like you're some shrimp though so you know I mean I feel like you you definitely are prepared for pancake season um okay Mike Evans and also over 100 yards and a touchdown um what was it like to see him respond after, you know, week one being injured, going in and not being one of his biggest games statistically. I mean, he drew a lot of, you know, penalty yards. Uh, but to see him respond and, and to have this kind of game, what was that like to watch? Uh, it was very good. You know, Mike's, Mike, Mike, Mike is who he is. He's that type of player that he can do, he can do that every week in and week out. Um, it was good to see him make some plays for us, get him involved in our offense. Um, we all know uh, what, what he can do with our team once he's involved that way and make some big plays for us. So, it was very good to see that. And especially when you weren't going to have Chris Godwin, um, you know, what, what does that mean to the offense overall when you are going to be without Chris um, or when you were worried you were going to be without Mike, either one of those guys, how does that adjust everything? And, and for you individually, what does that make you think when you know one of those guys could potentially be out? Yeah. You know, um, usually when those guys are playing, there's a, those are a lot of eyes and attention on those guys, maybe sometimes double covered in the red zone, you know, as Mike or, you know, Chris also. So uh, one of those guys go down, I think, um, just the percentage of opportunities going for a lot of players. So you have to be ready to get plays that you may never may never have ran before or expected. You know, uh, different coverages, different guys are covering you now, the guys that may will be double teaming one of those guys. So a lot of things go into the game plan um, when those guys aren't playing and, you know, opportunities created for other players. What has it been like for you to watch defenses try to figure out how to cover you guys? Because I do not envy – the defensive coordinator that faces you guys when there's one trillion options out there. And then there's people like you who like you alone are a mismatch all by yourself, you know? And I remember even Devin White saying that when he first got drafted of like, man, like, what what is this guy? He's a wide receiver and he's freaking huge. What is (laughs) happening? So, you know, what has it been like for you to watch defenses try to figure out how to handle you guys and and maybe even you in particular? Yeah. You know, it's, it's been something that, you know, it's been a learning opportunity for, I think a lot of, people, including myself, obviously other defensive coordinators across the league because you got a room full of talent. You got a lot of weapons. Like, how do you really discover these guys? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to go out there and man up on all these guys. Like, so when they go um, 12 personnel with two tight ends or whatever, and, you know, a lot of times you see dime. And usually you only see dime on, like, 30 long. So a lot of teams are running different things, like six DVs on the field with two tight ends out there. Like, you don't really see that. So we're seeing all kind of crazy stuff and – I think as a year go on, it's going to be uh, interesting to see just how different teams play us. Um, you know, so we got everything. And, and, and really, there's nothing out the window that you won't see. I feel like that's got to be kind of a compliment. Like, I feel like you must enjoy that when you watch them throwing some crazy combination out there that you know it's like, yeah, good luck with that, guys. Like, you know that's almost this compliment to what you guys are doing. Right, you know. And, and then, like, you know, it's always still going to be a way that we can, you know, get open. You know, it's just up to us, really. You got to just do your assignment. Um, the opportunities are going to be there. You know, I mean, it's really just a matter of like who has the matchup on this route and this concept and then just find it. And, you know, we talked about all these weapons, whether it's, you know, you guys in the tight end room and Mike and Chris, but then I also feel like the the depth at the wide receiver position has gotten even stronger this year. What have you seen from guys, you know, like Scotty and, and Jay Watt, you know, this year as compared to, to last year, maybe? Yeah. Uh, you know, Scotty was a rookie last year. Year two, things are always going to slow down for you. 
Um, you know, he's in the second year of the offense. He's he's playing fast, and you know, he's he's making he's making plays for us. Justin, same thing. You know, he's helping us out in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, and then you got other guys like uh, Jay Mick and and Cyril Grayson. Those guys. We got a whole bunch of depth at receiver, and um, the whole. Um, big emphasis on that is like when the one guy goes down or the next guy goes out on a break, you should never lose a step. And I think we got that in our room. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. All right, well, we are going to have more on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We'll be back with tight end O.J. Howard. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues. Brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips here with tight end OJ Howard. We are breaking down that Panthers win on Sunday. Uh, so I, we were talking right before the break. We mentioned a couple of the wide receivers and different guys. And I know that um, there were a few drops in the game uh, was was wind a factor I mean I, I know I was out there enough to know that it was windy uh, in that game how much was that a factor was there something else kind of going on to cause a few of those drops yeah you know um you know sometimes yeah the wind can play a big factor but you know, I don't think it was um too bad as you know with the ball moving and telling a lot usually it happens on deep balls and stuff but you know, sometimes it just comes down to the concentration you know it just comes down to really the little details like just looking the ball in and seeing it in um and sometimes it's all it really is. You can't overthink it. Sometimes you just miss the ball, you know. So, um, but it's there's things that you kind of you kind of look on film and say, got to clean it up. But uh, next time I'll make that play for sure. And how do you feel like you and, and the other tight end group is is doing overall in terms of you know chemistry with Brady being on the same page as him? I know that um, some of these things may just be a coincidence, but you know the interception was on a throw to a tight end. I know one of the passes kind of at your feet. Just overall, how do you feel like, was that more coincidence or is there something maybe that the tight end group, you guys are still working on some of the, the chemistry and being on the same page there? Yeah, you know, it's a few things that, you know, obviously uh, certain, certain plays like, you know, with me, uh, me and Tom were talking about chemistry on one play where I had a chance to catch the ball and, you know, he wanted me to come flatter on a certain route. So it's still little things we're getting a chance to get chemistry down on because, you know, it's really our second time playing live. You know, um, we can rep things all day in practice and get and get the right ideal look. Um, but sometimes in the game, people just do different things. But I think these things are great to happen early in the season. It's always good to coach up mistakes after a win. So people are really uh, willing to learn and learn from it, you know, in an encouraging way. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little time, but I think we can get it picked up pretty soon. And you mentioned the idea of the mistakes even after a win. That anybody who saw Brady's post-game press conference saw that even though y'all won – he does not rest on the laurels of that for even five seconds and was on to, you know, being able to make sure things were done better. We saw that when there were mistakes, he was, um, shall we say, a little colorful on the sideline, it sounded like. Um, so for you guys, what has that been like to see him in those modes of where he does not let up and he, the intensity level during and, and even after a win, what, what has that done for you and, and what is it like to be around that? I mean, you know, that's what it is when you're an ultimate competitor like Tom. You're a guy that has, you know, so much success over your career. Like, it's just – that's all you know. You don't take anything less than that, and that's how it's supposed to be, you know. And, and that's what I love. You know, I love just always competing hard no matter if you're winning or you're losing. Um, when you don't get something right, let somebody know they got to do it better, you know, that's and then hold everybody to the same standard because that's what's going to ultimately get us to where we want to be in the end. And, uh, you know, that's that's what you love to see out of your quarterback, a guy who's fired up and – 
who's willing to go the extra mile for whatever. Yeah, that's one of the funny things about not having fans in there is you get to hear exactly how fired up he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Um, and, you know, the O-line, uh, their performance seemed great, you know, that after I know they'd struggled in a few ways against New Orleans, but then coming in, I think they only allowed – one QB hit, no sacks, and I know you guys are kind of in there on the help and block front as well. So just overall, how did how would you evaluate the the protection game, the run game, like all all of that that you guys kind of get to be a part of and, and watch and benefit from as well? I think it was a good job up front. You know, we we did a great job uh, protecting the quarterback when we had a chance to uh, make some big plays and throws. Um, no sacks is always really good to see. Um, you know, in the running game, we we had opportunity to make a lot of big plays we left out on the field, but we we got the job done. Um, we had a hundred yard rusher, you know, Rojo scored, Leonard had a big day. It could have been a lot more, you know, and that's what we're always going to look at. You know, we're always going to talk about what could have been, but the more we can do and improve. But like I said earlier, it's always easier to coach you once you win. We're talking to tight end OJ Howard, uh, Anton Winfield Jr. Man, 11 tackles, forced fumble, sack. This kid is coming in and just flying around right away. Um, I know he's someone that you've, you know, gone up against in practice some. What have you seen? from him and how he's been able to be so NFL ready so fast after missing so many reps this off season. This is a smart player, you know, just going against him in training camp, you know, just seeing his attention to detail on little things like, you know, you don't really hear a coach coach him up too many times or something. Um, he's always in position to make a play on the ball. Um, he always filling the hole in the run game. So just seeing a guy who does that consistently, um, you know, back there in the back end, it's going to be a good player. He's smart, which makes him, you know, play faster and also take his game to a new level. And the, the defense produced several turnovers in that game. I mean, what, what does it do for you guys as an offense when that happens? You know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot off of us, give a short field uh, opportunity to go down the score real fast. And, uh, you know, uh, we love to see turnovers. You know, we got an interception by Jordan Whitehead. We got one by uh, Carton Davis. So those are always huge. You know, it makes it a lot easier for us and, you know, kind of get that defense um, on the other side with a quick change of uh, events. What does it take to capitalize on them? Because it's one thing for the defense to get turnovers. It's another for you guys to make sure you're scoring on them and especially trying to get seven on them. Um, what what seems to be the difference when there are games that they get turnovers and maybe you guys don't end up scoring or only get three versus a game like Sunday where you guys really did take them and make the most of them? I mean, the percentages are really in everyone's favor. Like when you look at the stats, like teams that are that wins the turnover battle, battles, um, or, you know, usually wins the game about 70% of the time. Usually, very rarely they lose. So, I mean, those are very huge. But the biggest thing is once you get a turnover, you got to capitalize on it. You got to get at least three. You, you can't just, you know, turn the ball right back over to the defense or the, or the other team. So, you know, so it's huge. It just, it just, it's just an easy way to score quick and to, you know, to, to, to turn around and get the defense off their heels. And I wanted to talk to you about just overall this being a COVID year with all the protocols, with all the things that were different for you. Um, what have been the biggest aspects of it that have affected you and, and your game and your ability to prepare? Uh, I would probably say the biggest thing would be just, you know, just the time that you really can't usually go around and do like the certain things you can do as far as like off the field, like taking care of your body as far as, you know, certain things like going out, maybe just running a lot more than I, what I usually would do like around the neighborhood, like outside at the park, across the street. Like I used to do things outside my neighborhood, you know, during the, my off days, um, like running and just conditioning a little better, just to stay in shape. Haven't been able to do that this year. So I'm trying to find new ways to kind of get used to that during the season. Um, that's just for me personally, um, you know, but, I, you know, it's, it's been different ways we can get it done. But just always having that routine for so many years and now you can't really, you know, be around too many other people outside of the building. It's kind of different for me. How about the protocols inside the building? I mean, so much of the team is about you guys bonding and now 
not even all the lockers are in the same locker room. There's, you know, everybody's kind of way more spread out and in the meetings and it just, in general, it seems like even like going out for position dinners, all that stuff that we kind of hear about. That's a typical bonding experience for all of you guys. A lot of that is different. Has that affected you guys in any way or have you guys been able to still try to make up for that in other ways? You know, we, we, we really just talked about that, you know, personally today, you know, the different ways to get back at it. You know, I think we can do it the right way and do it safe when it's only us. We, we all get tested every day, so we can find a way to, to make it safe and fun for us. But we haven't been able to do it so far. We just haven't, we haven't really tried. And, you know, that's something that we're missing out on. I, you know, it's always good to bond with your guys, like on Thursdays or Friday meal. So hopefully we can get it back going. But we just started talking about it actually today. And I want to hear, were you afraid to get your first COVID test? Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was because, it, you know, it, it. you always hear about like they go, they touch your brain almost. They go so far up your nose. So like you always hear that. And you're like, oh, man, that sucks. And then, you know, when I took it, it hurts a little bit. But, you know, over time, like, it's not as bad as it as it really seems. I've just enjoyed yeah. seeing all these, you know, big, tough football players being terrified of, you know, a little nasal swab. So it's always nice for the rest of us to feel like you guys are a little human occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and True. then, um, you know, I, I've, I've got to ask, this was so great. On, you know, the New Orleans game, you are officially the first non-Patriots player to catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Did you realize that in the moment that that happened? Or how quickly, I guess, afterward did you realize that? I realized it pretty quick. I'm like, okay, called the first touchdown from Tom, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, you know, you really, when you say it that way, like, it's like, okay, yeah, this is his first team since the Patriots. So um, I just look at it as the first player this year to catch it. But uh, as you realize that it is the first time ever anybody else from another organization. So, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's something that we'll always talk about. I know I will. So it's pretty cool. I got a chance to keep the ball. So that's that's awesome. Oh, that's cool. I was going to ask what uh, if you did. And, and so now what, what are you going to do with it? Do you have somewhere that you, you put stuff like that? Yeah, I'm going to – I'm. it's in the shop right now. It's getting detailed up. You know, I get it covered up all nice. And, like, they paint it white. They put the words on it. Like, first get – like, you know, all the good little stuff on it. First uh, passing touchdown from Tom Brady in the Buccaneers uniform or whatever it's going to say. And I just usually put it up in a, a glass case and put it on the mountain right next to my national championship trophies and all that good stuff. Man, that's incredible. You got you got quite the decor there at your house. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wondered, I'd heard all the, you know, all the DVs on the team had a big bet going of who was going to intercept him first in practice. Had you guys had any kind of discussion about who was going to get the first touchdown pass and who was going to get the first pass and some of those things? No, we didn't. We never did. Um, but the funny thing is I caught the first one in training camp from Tom, and then I caught the first one in the regular season from Tom, touchdown. So I guess this is how it goes. You know, who, whoever caught the winning practice first gets the first one in the game. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. And and how yeah. about with, with travel? How was that different with COVID? I mean, I know there were a lot of things different about what you were and were not allowed to do in the hotel and the plane and all that stuff. So how did that – I know you guys are all such creatures of habit and routine – you know, how, how did that kind of throw off maybe what you typically do with travel? You know, for me, it hasn't really been as bad because of, you know, we get more space on our seat now. We get a whole row to ourselves. So, like, it's the two seats beside you are empty. So, like, you literally could just, like, put your bag in every other seat. You can lay across the seats any kind of way you want. So, like, it's more room, you know, I think on the plane. Um, as far as the hotel, everyone has their, everyone, like, you know, has their own room, obviously. The only big thing is, like, sometimes I think you only can eat, you can't eat, like, pregame meal. You can only eat pregame meal downstairs. Everything else has to be eaten in your room, which isn't, like, too bad. So it really isn't too much of a big difference for travel uh, besides the fact that 
the bonding thing again. Like usually on the road, we all used to go to dinner together. So that's kind of taken away. But other than that, it's, it's not too bad. All right. Well, we are at about the halfway point, a little bit past that here with Titan OJ Howard. That means we have plenty left here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We are talking to tight end O.J. Howard. We've gotten into the win against the Panthers. We've talked a little bit about some of those COVID protocols, him being the first guy to catch a touchdown pass from Brady. Uh, but overall, I just now I got to get a little bit more into, you know, what I feel like everybody calls the Brady effect, <laughs> which is uh, it's 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 crazy. Just the especially the added attention. And I wanted to hear what for you. It's not like you're a stranger to this. I mean, your college career alone you know, you, you know what it's like to play for an organization that has a pretty big spotlight put on it. But um, in terms of your time here with the Bucks and, and now how much added attention there is this year, what has that been like for you guys to deal with? Are there, are there positives and negatives to it for you individually? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think, you know, the positive is we're, we're always getting opportunity to, to play um, in some primetime games. We're going to have six of, six of those this year. So that's going to be huge for a lot of guys and, you know, who may have never had the opportunity in their career to do that. You know, so, you know, football is a sport where you're always wearing a helmet. A lot of people don't get a chance to see your face. So I think a lot of guys have a chance to, to thrive with that. It, negative, it hadn't been really any negatives, you know. It's still early in the season. Um, but you know how it goes. Sometimes you got to take the, the bad with the good. So, you know, we'll see how all this plays out. But so far, it's been a really good experience for us. Yeah, you brought up the idea of not being able to see all's faces. And I've always thought that is so interesting, how different it is for, like, NBA versus NFL and just the recognizability maybe of, of guys – what do you like or dislike about the fact that there is a little bit more anonymity it almost feels for y'all? And, and, but then someone like you who is very much built like someone that people would assume is an athlete, um, how much do you still get recognized? You know, how much is there anonymity? And then how much is it still now, you know, you, you getting recognized a lot? You know, it happens. It's, 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 a, it's pretty, uh, you know, sometimes it's pretty obvious, like, some, like you said, because I'm so big, it's kind of hard to like, to, to like get away from it. They're like, you do something if they don't really know who I really am. Then you have some people that just knows. So like, it's always that thing about, or oh, this guy's so huge. He don't just sit at home all day and do nothing, you know? And so it, it comes with that. Um, but like I said, some guys, you know, they're kind of probably not as big or their frame isn't as, as like noticeable. It's probably hard for those guys to get recognized a lot, but you know, this is an opportunity for them to get a chance to, to be able to do that. Yeah. This year, that'll, this will be the year that yeah. that happens. Um, what and for you it sounds like you really love you know primetime games and that that's going to be something that excites you I I feel like are there what are the biggest reasons that you love primetime games and then what could that do for the team like being on primetime what do you see as the effect that that has on the team overall it's something that you know I think you know you always you you always envision as a young guy as a kid you know always playing in the the big moments and making plays um they don't get any better than that and you know, I think that's what it is for me personally. It just gives an extra excitement about it because you deserve it. You know, you work so hard behind the scenes and you work so hard at practice. I think the whole world should see your talent when it's on full display. That's just what I believe in. And the opportunity for our team just to be able to, to you know, for everyone to be on notice about how good we are and, and, and how we're working so hard. And like I said, seeing everything come together um, because they've seen us play week one and just to see us play on, on Monday Night Football week eight or whatever it may be, they may say, wow, this team has came a long way since I've seen it play against the Saints or whatever it may be. So I think cool, it's cool just to see that, see a team grow. And, and how much room for growth do you feel like you guys 
still have, you know, whether it's as an, as a team, as an offense, you individually, where are the biggest areas that you feel like we will be saying that come week eight? You know, we, we have a lot of room to grow. We're, we're nowhere near where we can be. I think we just got to get on the same page with chemistry-wise. We want to get everybody on the same page when it's in the run game, blocking, um, obviously making catches and making the tough catches and making uh, making making the plays for Tom. When he, when he does a great job of finding us, making the play. Um, and when our team can be consistent and do that on a day-in, day-out basis, it's going to be fun to see. And then everyone is going to be having fun. The whole world is going to see it. It's just going to be very fun to see. So I think we got a lot of room to grow, and I'm just I'm just ready to get it going, really. I feel like chemistry is one of those things that we hear all the time about with quarterbacks and wide receivers and tight ends and even, like you mentioned, some of the blocking stuff with running game. But it's like it's such an intangible thing, and especially for those of us who, who didn't play. What are the real, like, tangible effects of that? Like what are some of the little things that yeah. are reliant on chemistry that you just can't have right away with somebody? I think it's just when it comes down to like, um, you know, like let's say like in practice, you, you know, you can know where a team's going to do on third down as far as like, all right, they're, they're big and cover two on third down. But let's say for some reason, like a corner, he does his own thing in cover two and, 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 and um, you're running an out route. When you're coming flat off, you got to know all the time you want to come flat back to the quarterback so the guy can't undercut the ball. It's just little things like that, I think when you're constantly doing it every time without even thinking about it, like, all right, I know I'm going to come out this, this this break really flat to save the throw for the quarterback. And I think when we can consistently do that and get everybody on the same page about how we want certain routes ran, um, how we, what we're going to do versus certain coverages and certain looks, it's, it's going to be hard to stop it. We're talking to tight end OJ Howard. And what did you maybe know about Brady before he came? And then what have you learned since? How how similar or different was your your concept of him from what you'd heard versus the reality of him. You know, you know, you, you know him as the guy who, you know, is a winner. He's a champion. I mean, he plays hard. He's a great quarterback, obviously, you know, and he's a fiery guy. You see, you've seen that in the past on TV, you know, fiery guy on the sideline and with his teammates or whatever. But when you get to know him personally, like, you know, behind closed doors or, you know, just off the field and you get to see how humble he is, like how can a guy that wins six championships really be just so chill and just, you know, I, yeah, I've won championships, but you, I don't really want to talk about them, you know, all the time. Or, you know, we'll talk about ball, but I'm not just going to just, you know, always brag about that because I'm not really satisfied with that. I want to get more. You know what I mean? So when you see a guy like that and, you know, someone who has so much success, it just says, like, this guy's a true winner, but really an even better, better uh, person. And uh, I think that really surprised me a lot. It sounds like if you had the six championships, you would maybe be bragging about it a little bit more than him. <laughs> Hey, I mean, yeah, I probably would. Six of those, <laughs> hey, six of those things at the highest level, man, you can't, you can't beat it. Yep, that's so yeah. true. And and how have you felt more comfortable maybe this year? I mean, your second year in this offense, you know, second year with Byron Leftwich. What are the the biggest ways that you've seen that help you personally, and then the offense overall? That even though yeah, Brady was new, at least the rest of you know the offense didn't have a, a ton of change to it. You know, how, how big of an impact has that made? Um, it's been huge, seriously. Like, it, everything's just slowed down. The game is just – it's really coming um, all full circle. Uh, you know, everything makes sense, you know. And I I think that's the biggest thing. When you when you know what's going to happen and before it happens and you can expect things that are going to be happening before they happen, it, it helps you play so fast and you're so ready for it and you don't have any worries about messing up or anything like that. It just helps you out as a whole unit. And I think 
Um, that's another step where our team needs to get to um, as an offensive unit. Like we, we all get on the page where we're not worried about messing up. We're just worried about playing hard and playing fast. And even if you do mess up, do it full speed. And, and when you do that, you'll be fine. Yeah, if you're going to mess up, mess up fast. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and how much did bringing in a new quarterback affect the offense? You know, it's, you always kind of hear the, the debate of, you know, does he just kind of fit in here? Do they tailor things to him? And then the fact that it was a year like COVID where you had so much less time to get all that figured out, how big of a wrench did that sort of throw into the continuity idea of this, the second year of this offense? You know, I think, I think it was a learning, learning curve for everybody. You know, the coaches are learning Tom. Um, he's learning our offense, um, learning what, what he likes to do, you know. So it's a little bit of learning for everybody. And then, like you said, we, did, we were just on a short lease this year with learning uh, ability and having time to get reps in. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I look at Tom as, hey, man, you got the recipe. We we're trying to get the ingredients. So um, you tell us what you want to do and how you want to do it. We're, we're, we're all ears. You know, we're willing to, to adjust to you. So um, that's the boat that I'm in. I, I know the other guys are like that also. Um, the guy's a proven winner. So we're, we're willing to do whatever it takes. And what's it been like getting to play alongside Gronk, get to know him as a as a person and as a football player, just Overall, what's that experience been like so far? It, it's been nothing short of superb. You know, I mean, never a dull moment with him. I mean, the guy, the guy is what he is. You know, he's advertised as, you know, funny, goofy guy. It, it's daily. You know what I mean? He's, he's a great football player, too. But, I mean, his second side of, you know, off the field and what he does with the antics, the career is about to take off. This is – football was just a first opportunity for him to make some money and opportunity. But after this, he about to go crazy. Of marketing. That's yeah. it. Are you learning something? Are we learning how OJ could maybe become this marketing sensation post career? You you starting to get some, yeah. of, some of the some tips here? Yeah, we're rubbing off. Everybody's saying, "Hey, Gronk's going to teach this guy a lot about football." Gronk's teaching me a lot about after football, so <laughs> we're we're taking notes and we're about to hey we're about to turn it up another notch in a little bit. <laughs> awesome, I love that. Uh, yeah. All right, and then Tristan Wirfs. Um, I know that there have been times you get to kind of block alongside him or, or work alongside him as well. How have you seen him handle? You know, as a fellow first-round pick to another first-round pick, what have you seen of how he's been able to handle, you know, not only coming in and having to protect Tom Brady, but in such a weird year? The kid's the real deal. You know, that's all I have to say. You know, his his film speaks for itself. I mean, he's talented. The guy, he's the real deal. He he just, you know, he he, he blocked Cam Jordan, you know, the first week came off the ball in his first ever snap, and he locked on to him like it was bad. It, I mean, he's, he's strong. He's, he's strong. He's powerful. He's something that you really – you know, he's a guy that when you see that coming from a college player and transition to the NFL right away, it's very, very encouraging and very um, good to see. But he's a really good player. Have you thought about if this had happened your rookie year, how how much that would have affected you or how different things might have been or just what this would be like to go through as a rookie? Oh, as far as like the change with Tom and everything like that? Oh, yeah. And COVID and just everything. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that, that, that'd be tough. That would be really tough, you know. Um, for me, it had been hard, real hard, because, you know, you want the reps, uh, especially the position I play with, as far as, like, with the time with the quarterback. Um, I mean, just the reps as far as seeing different looks, different defenses and coverages, even in the run game. Um, I couldn't only imagine not having OTAs as a rookie. Uh, it would have been super, super hard. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. I've been so impressed with how these rookies have handled it so far. All right, well, we still have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with tight end O.J. Howard, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters, so don't go anywhere. This is Buccaneers Radio. 
Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We have been joined by tight end O.J. Howard, and I've got to hear how you spent your time in quarantine. Uh, I feel like that is something I've loved asking everybody is, how did you, how did you pass the time? Did you go crazy? How, how, how'd you handle it? Yeah, I, uh, I got big into, like, exercising, like, as far as biking. I was, you know, so I started, I bought a bike. I got better like and learn how to grill more so i started grilling steaks burgers all kind of stuff as far as like i'm grilling got a pit boss grill a smoker you know so i just did all that kind of good stuff and you know if you didn't learn something during quarantine you missing out <laughs> i love that when it also did i maybe see that you went fishing with donovan at least at one point yeah i did we did go fishing one time yep so we went fishing and did you do well with was, that were you were you pretty good at fishing or is that a skill you learned or not so much yeah, it was some. I was already a pretty good fisherman. Um, that day was a was a bad day. We just kept went out. It was so rough. The waters were rough. We went deep sea fishing. We didn't catch anything, like literally nothing. But we only went out for one particular catch. We didn't try to catch much. Um, and then like we didn't get a chance to collect, catch the glide the grouper. So we just kind of went back inside and uh, came back home. But it was it was still a fun learning experience, and it was cool. So that was the goal. Was the Goliath grouper? It was the Goliath grouper. Was the goal. We didn't we didn't want to get any real snap or anything. Uh, we, we definitely could have. They were in season, but we just we just said, "Hey, go big or go home." <laughs> well, and so, I mean, I, I feel like you guys are the some of the only people that are built to catch a Goliath grouper. Like, if I was told I had to go catch one, I feel like you and Donovan are definitely a couple of the people that I would I would bring with me on that trip. Have you done it before? Yeah, I have done, and and it's taken like forty five minutes before. I got videos of me just out there sweating crazy one summer and, and, and going like taking forever, like 45 minutes to even get it up. So that's what happened. Like I was like with my other buddy and he was like, Hey man, let's bring 76, bring big Donovan. I was like, yeah, we're going to need his help. So I hit him up like, Hey, you want to go fishing in the morning? He was like, yeah, let's go. So he came along, but we didn't have to use his help because we didn't get anything. But didn't get anything. That, that's why he came. And I saw that um, Gronk went fishing for his first time ever. And oh, wow. Did you see what he caught? Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. What happened? What did he get? Oh my gosh! He, he caught a shark, and he okay. caught it was a bull shark that was like two hundred and fifty pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, that's huge. That and is huge. I've I've caught a baby shark, but nothing that big. Yeah, he and he got it all the way to the boat, but it was basically that same thing of like there was there was a struggle for a while there, and they didn't bring it in. It looked like maybe they just kind of brought it alongside the boat. But right, right, I was, right. I was wondering, you know, if you would say that who was the better fisherman among the tight ends now hearing this? Oh yeah. Uh, me definitely. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to take a big fishing trip then. We got to make it happen so we can catch a little bit of everything. Some sharks, some red snapper, Goliath goopers, and just have a big day. That sounds pretty incredible. And yeah, like I said, I mean, you're definitely one of the people that I would most trust to be able to reel in a Goliath grouper. And I always love whenever we post photos of like, you know, guys in the uniforms or flexing or whatever, people are always talking about like you and your ability to like throw that flex up there. And I got to hear who would you say has the best flex on the team? Oh man. I like, I like Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead is a big guy. You know what I mean? He just got bigger this off season. Um, and he has the like perfect, like, you know, when you go to like the little competitions, he got like the, the perfect pose for it. So I got to get out of him. He's been practicing this pose, though, so I don't know. But he, I give it to him. You just got it naturally. He's been working, you know, on the pose. He's, 
Yeah, he's been he's been working on like he's in a weightlifting competition. But hey, the guy looks good. I'll do it too. Yeah, you know, whatever works, man. That's so funny. Yeah. And I want to hear from you. What what have you seen from the growth of you know just overall the the defensive backs you know and and, and where they've gone? I mean, it's it's such a young group back there. For the fact that Car- the fact that Carlton is like the elder statesman is hilarious. That you know it's a bunch of first and second year guys, and um, just what what you've seen from them and, and their growth when you've had to face them in practice and watch them in these games. You know, with all the new rules and stuff they have about these guys can't really contact after so many yards and all that, it makes it really hard on them. You know, we love it as a receiver, but when I'm talking from their aspect of the game, it's hard. You know, that's already one of the hardest positions to play is corner. Um, and now you can't really get hands on a receiver or a tight end. Um, and to see the job they've done and try to play penalty free and um, to make make some plays on the ball. And Carton did a great job with the, with the coverage he had in week one against, you know, the Saints. And all those guys, they've just grown a lot. And they're maturing, and you know it's very encouraging to see for us as a team. And I know that this has already been a little bit of a different uh, off season and season for you, even besides COVID and all of that. That you're about to be a dad, which is so yep. exciting. So, uh, how, how are you feeling? You, you feel prepared? You feel ready? You feel nervous? What? 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 Tell me all the feels that are happening here. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. So I feel prepared one day, then the next day I feel like, all right, I'm not ready. And then, <laughs> you know, and, and then as it gets closer, like I'm three weeks away. So it's like, all right, I'm nervous again. And then I'm like, I'm good. I got it. You know, so it's, it's a little bit of everything. You know, I think the moment is just going to be so, so, uh, so big and surreal when it happens. And it's just something that I won't be able to explain really until I, until I get there, I think. And you're going to be a girl dad, right? And that what I heard? Yep. That's right. Girl dad. So girl dad. I, I mean, all my buddies and everyone who has a daughter says, Hey man, this is, you better get ready. You're going to be doing things you didn't think you were going to be doing, man. So, hey, you, you better get ready. So I'm like, all right, I guess I've heard it from everybody. So I guess I got to believe it. That's awesome. <laughs> what, what are the things that make you most nervous about it? I mean, it's just the fact that like, I got to, you know, how am I going to tell her no? You know, and I go to the <laughs> store and she, she, she wants the toy for the hundredth time. And I'm like, uh, no, like she, then she, then she, then she got to go to school and cover, you know, I'm going to take her to class, her first day of class. And then she's going to cry. And she's gonna be like, I don't want to leave you. Then I gotta, then I gotta be able to not cry in front of her. Then I get in the car, I'm gonna cry myself. All those little things. Like, how am I gonna, you know, how am I gonna react to that? You know what I mean? I'm supposed to be the big tough guy, and then she got me crying. So yeah, I was gonna say know. you're thinking about all this, and she's not even here yet. You are in trouble, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know, I know how it's gonna go. It's setting up for it. So oh, have man. you uh, have you gotten any advice from guys like Donnie who just had a had a kid, you know, any of the other guys on the team that have kids, maybe Mike's got, you know, he's, he's a girl dad. Some of the guys, what, what all have they been telling you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Dunny, um, you know, I was around him a lot this off season, you know, um, and he knew he was expecting. So we were just talking. He's like, man, we're going to go through it kind of together. And uh, yeah, we are, but he, he just, he been giving me some tips on about how he just having, you know, been uh, feeding his baby girl and, you know, he goes home a little bit. Sometimes he has to change her and things like that. And uh, I told him, yeah, man, I can, I can make some of this stuff happen, bro. But hey, it's gonna be. I'm learning too, so I'm, I'm gonna see how it all plays out. I'm just gonna do it. Always do. I'm just gonna wing it. Just gonna wing it. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's your fourth year in the league now. I mean, is that crazy to kind of think about and hear? I mean, if it, it, to me, it feels like we just drafted you the other day. How does it feel for you? Yeah. Of how does it feel like you've been in the league that long? I mean, there are a lot of NFL players that their careers don't even last that long. Yeah, it is. It goes by fast. Um, like I said, I remember our first interview upstairs when I first came with my family that day to the introduction. Um, but it, it goes by fast, and it, it just time flies. You know, life in general goes by fast. But, you know, this whole NFL thing is, you know, it really stands for not for long. But when you get a chance to play, 
four years or however however long you play in it, you just got to be thankful for it. And I'm just I'm just lucky, man, and thankful to be able to play this long so far. What are the ways that you feel like you've changed as a person or player in in the last four years? Yeah, just the just the maturity of the game. Just finally, it's been four years, and I finally really just started learning how to really take care of your body at the um, you know the max way I really can do it as far as like treating myself every day and uh, getting getting prehab instead of rehab. You know what I mean? So I'm pre pre doing things before I get injured, and uh, you know it just allowed me to play fast on Sundays, make it all through the week on. Um, or during the practice days, just little things like that. It usually just takes four years for you to really learn your body and like what you like to eat, what you got to stay away from, how to hydrate properly, and all these things. You know, it, it really makes sense. And I know coming up, we got Denver, and um, you know, I know it's it's a it's only Monday, and so y'all's preparation hasn't really fully started yet. But but now, so many of their guys are hurt that who knows what this Broncos team is going to look like come Sunday, and who you're going to be playing against, how does that affect the way that you try to prepare and, and how challenging is that when, again, it's early in a year that you don't have a lot of film to watch already and then now you have no idea what this team could potentially look like and it's not a team that you play very often at all? For me, I think the biggest thing is just to watch kind of like the spots, you know, kind of like, you know, the different coverages, like what 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 are, what are the assignments of this, you know, this, this defensive end like in this coverage? Like is he playing outside of contained leverage? You know, obviously you want to look at the player and see like how he rushes or whatnot. But as of, as of now, we're not, not knowing who's going to play or, or whatever. Um, I'm just going to try to look at their scheme and usually see what they do um, as far as blitz and things like that. And then, like I said, other than that, we just go out there and play fast and wing it. <laughs> I love it. We're, same approach to Denver as the baby. This is great. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and, uh, and how about the, the altitude? I – I have yet yeah. to get to go to Denver. This is one of the only two stadiums I have not been to yet. Um, I, so I've never experienced it. I've heard crazy things about it. Have you ever had to play somewhere like that? Or what have you heard about how this altitude might affect you? You know, I, I literally just got off the phone call with one of my buddies. You know, played for Tennessee. He played up there on uh, the first week of the season on Monday night. And they were, he was like, just call me after the game and tell me how your body feels. You'll see. Because I'm asking him about it, you know. He's like, yeah, it is what it is, man. It's like you guys are kind of going to be winded, man. It's just different. Um, it's hard to it's hard to prepare for what they say, you know. So I'm 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 trying. I'm interested to see how it's going to be too. We're gonna we're doing things like I was talking about earlier, prehabbing. We're on the oxygen bike and things like that, getting our body ready already um, as the week starts. Um, but we'll we'll just see how it goes. I know it's going to be different, so we'll see. When there are factors like that, whether it's the weather or things along those lines, does it change? the game plan you guys try to do or is it just about trying to get your body as ready for it as you can yeah I think it goes down to just getting your body as ready as you can because at the end of the day like you never know how the game's going to go there there can be overtime you know what I mean so you can you always have to just say you know I got to get in tip-top shape because I don't know how many plays we want to play like you said things happen it's football guys go down you know we don't want that to happen but it happens and then now you're playing instead of 25 plays you're playing 65 plays so you always got to just be ready and prepared as if you're going to go out there and play a hundred snaps every game and then just go from there. And then finally, no Von Miller. I have to imagine that's a, that's a pretty big factor for you guys going against them. Yeah, it is. You know, he had a fortunate injury during training camp or, you know, I saw, so he's out for the, for, for right now. And, and, you know, but he's a, he's a player that, you know, if he was playing, we had to really have a chance to, you know, chip him obviously and help out a lot because just, just what he does. Um, but they got another guy in Chubb. I know he's probably going to play Bradley Chubb. He's a good uh, rusher, too, and a good defensive player. So um, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him also this week. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. This has been a blast.
and uh, just good luck. Hope the game goes well. Don't die in the altitude, and, uh, and <laughs> good luck with your winging it plan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. All right, thanks all of you guys for joining us. This has been Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We'll see you next week. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access has been brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio. 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best Bucks coverage.